The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. We all have friends who march to a different drummer. They can't wait to chip ice from their doorsteps. We're talking here about Maine poets who hope that trees will drop on power lines, you know, so they can sit by their wood stoves, sip herbal tea, and read by candlelight for three days. Most poets, think about this, most poets probably dislike reading by candlelight next to a wood stove. It's even more likely that Maine poets are revolted by the nasty taste of herbal tea. And if you stop and think about it, you've never seen a Maine poet out in the dooryard on a January morning, freezing fingers while changing the oil in a 91 Nissan pickup. These affluent, reclusive poets will tell you that they revel in the tranquil beauty of what you would call a nasty Maine winter. They endure this ritual of being snowbound for the sake of two pages of blank verse and the opportunity to bore you to tears by bragging about it later. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Stit. Stit here on the Humble Farmer. My name is Stit. <laughs> I interviewed Sonny Stit years and years and years ago. My, that's the only thing I can remember him saying. My name is Stit. And the bass player, bass player there sounded like he was stumbling, didn't they? Why, why do I have that impression? Anyway, most, most main artists are in the same bag as main poets. Main artists love winter. Within a period of two years, two artists, both of these artists live right here in St. George, Maine, two artists within two years designed the White House Christmas cards for our president. If a Vesuvius were to erupt on Manhegan today, main artists who were unfamiliar with Pliny the Elder, anyway, these main artists would rush out to Manhegan, pallets in hand, hoping to turn misery to advantage. So your plowman, the fellow plows your driveway, and your basic main artist can't wait for the first miserable flake of snow to fall. Any more than you could, or I could. Best couldn't help it, though she tried to be good. Oh, so good. She's pretty as the heavens above. Oh, boy, how that girl could love. A Bessie had affection, and that was simply wonderful. Best couldn't help it any more than you could, or I could. But when she'd smile, you were bound to fall, that's all. A boy kissed Bessie in a taxi one night. Why, oh, why did she yell with delight? Bess couldn't help it any more than you could. All right, could.
Augie, Augie and Bex here on the Humble Farmer. 1955 or so, Dick Cash was going to go in the army, and Dick Cash was most fantastic trumpet cornet player. And when he was going in the army, I said, you've got to record something for me so I can listen to you while you're away. And he put on this record that I just played. Bessie couldn't help it, and he played the accompaniment. He played on top of that. And I can still sing that. Do, 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 do what he played. We're talking here. We're talking here about people who love Maine winters. Your friendly oil dealer loves our bitter cold Maine winters. You know this. You know that our... Your friendly oil dealer relishes every uninsulated wall in your 200-year-old house. And when he thinks about the icy wind that blows in through the cracks around your windows, he smiles. You can see him. He leans back in his leather chair and pours himself another glass of Cabernet Savignon or something like that. Artists, poets, oil dealers, people who plow your driveway... Every one of these people who profit from your anguish and suffering will tell you that Maine winters, well, they really aren't bad. You just happen to be in the wrong business.
stit. Oh, what happened there? Stit. I'm sorry about that. I don't know. I didn't hit anything, I don't think. Stit. Stit, Sonny. Stit. And I think... I don't know. Who was that playing with him? Was it Bird? I don't know who else could play that way. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. You know these things. You can tell me. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you so much for listening. We are talking about the suffering endured by many of us when snowflakes fall. And the fact that the bigger the storm, the more some of our neighbors profit. That said... Here's the other side of the coin. Did you know that this very minute there are, there are a handful of dedicated volunteers in Maine who are working to lower your energy bills? Their organization is called Window Dressers. They make a low-cost, high-quality, reusable interior storm window. And you can learn more about them online by Googling window dressers than you're going to hear from me right now because we don't have time to talk about it. Indeed, the less I say about window dressers, perhaps the better off they will be. I've been volunteering there, helping them make storm windows for a couple of months, and when I mentioned my intention to talk about my observations here on the air, somebody cried out, Oh, please don't. Somebody might believe it. Well, you can read online, as I said, how the gentleman who started window dressers was moved to action one day when he was in church. He felt a cold draft on his neck and realized that his discomfort came from the cracks around a nearby window. Well, faced with plugging the leak in the window or giving up Sunday service, happily the salvation of his soul triumphed and he built interior reusable storm windows for the sanctuary. His friends who sat next to him, the parishioners saw him, pronounced them good, because they all wanted some of their own for their own homes, and a non-profit business was born in Maine. This is how these things happen. My next-door neighbor, Barbara, invited me into the Rockland plant, where she quickly forced a roll of sticky tape into my hand, and it didn't take Barbara any time at all to get me working there. And listen to this, I was surprised that I could stand in one spot for three hours and put sticky tape on the edge of a wooden frame that was to become a low-cost, high-quality, reusable interior storm window. You know this, I have difficulty finishing any project I start, so helping out at window dressers is the ideal job for me. I can quit any time, I can walk away any time, someone else will finish it. It's like being married. One out of every four windows made there by window dressers is donated. Do you hear this? One out of every four windows we make there is donated to a low-income Maine family who are lucky enough to live in a drafty old Maine house. Well, hopefully what I've just told you, what you've just learned, has piqued your interest to the point that you will visit one of the window dressers' plants here in Maine or you'll Google to find out where they are. You'll be glad you found out for yourself what this... You've heard about it, I know. So you'll be glad to see for yourself what this inside storm window business is all about. 
Were you to critically evaluate the statewide efficacy of the program, however, you would be faced with this very thorny question. If window dresses is really and truly helping many of Maine's neediest families, why hasn't our governor tried to shut it down?
Cot. I'm making all the changes. Paul Desmond, Jerome Kern, Tune. Till the Clouds Roll By, a song I only learned a year or two ago, and I like it very much, so you're going to hear it a lot. Thank you for listening. Every time you turn on the television set, there's a report of how terribly cold it is and shows shows people who look like they're freezing to death walking down the street. But I want you to notice this. No matter how cold it gets, you only see one or two men wearing hats that cover their ears. That's because men of average intelligence are controlled by a thing called fashion. (laughs) It's a habit that became so ingrained when they were little boys that they never outgrew it. Your average man, you know this, your average man would freeze his ears off before he'd wear a hat and risk comments or surprised looks from his friends. The only men you will see wearing hats that cover their ears in cold weather are those with IQs above 125 or below 75. Think about this. You know this is true. If your IQ is below 75 or above 125, you don't even notice what other men are wearing anyway, and you simply dress in a manner that makes your body comfortable. (laughs) Do me a favor and notice the average fellas with the cold ears and chuckle chuckle there to yourself the next time you see one in town.
You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And did you notice, Stip put in a couple of, just a little teeny wee bit of Lester thing, woo, 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 and then dropped it down a half tone, woo, woo, woo. My cousin, I'm sure that didn't escape your attention. My cousin Truman Hill tells me, that there are so many people named Jimmy Smith that they even have a Jimmy Smith convention, I don't know, down Virginia, North Carolina, someplace. And hundreds of people show up. Can you imagine that? You know, that could be awful confusing unless everybody wore a name tag. Thank you. 
from Guys and Dolls. You can see her sing there. If I were a bell, I'd ring. You might remember that a while back I asked you to send me an unbelievable lie that I could use on this program, and you'd be glad to hear that the winner of the Big Lie Contest, the winner is a man from Camden, Maine, and he has asked me, well, to not mention his name, but he writes, Last week I ate one of those fast food hamburgers. There was so much cholesterol in it that I no longer have any feeling in my hands. Thank you. 
Humble Farmer. Is it time for me to remind you that you are listening to The Humble Farmer on your favorite radio station? With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on this, your favorite station. Thank you so much for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Always glad to hear from you. When you're being considered for jury duty... You're asked if you have any opinions on the matter at hand. If you say, yes, I have opinions on this matter, the law says they can't use you. They only want people who have no opinions, no preconceived notions. (laughs) What kind of person can have lived 70 or even only 60 years without having any opinions? And how do you select a jury from the few who claim to have none? Think about this. If a nice-looking young man is accused, do you want nice-looking women on the jury? Would unattractive women automatically dislike him, knowing that he would never give them a second glance on the street? Would plain-looking young men be jealous of this man? Would sweet old grandmothers want to cover him with a protective wing? If you're a man who has been selected for jury duty here on the coast of Maine, here's one bit of advice if you really want to fit in. The only two men in the courtroom wearing a necktie will be the accused and his attorney. Pick yourself up. Take a deep breath. Just off and start all again. Nothing's impossible. I have found for when my chin is on the ground, I pick myself up, dust myself off, and start over again. Don't lose your confidence if you slip. Be grateful for a pleasant trip. And pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start over again. Work like a soul inspired till the battle of the day is won. You may be sick and tired, but you'll be a man, my son. Or will you remember the famous men who? Had to fall to rise again So take a deep breath Pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start all over again
like a soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won You may be sick and tired But you'll be a man, my son Will you remember the famous men Who had to fall to rise again So take a deep breath Pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start all over again Sharon, Nat Cole, almost time to get idea. I got a few more minutes. You will not be surprised to hear. You will not be surprised to hear that handguns predominate in firearms crime. More than three quarters of the eighty-three thousand guns used in crime that were traced for law enforcement agencies in one year, they were handguns. And think about this now. Of course, of course, crooks commit crimes with handguns. Have you ever tried to walk into a bank with a shotgun in your pants? Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you for listening. I'm in. I get to sing with the famous King Cole Trio. <laughs>